This is the EPP Group podcast on beating childhood cancer. My name is Jack Parrick and I'm going to guide you through what the European Union and the EPP Group are trying to do to improve the chances of survival for children who get cancer and to develop the support for them in later life. When I was a girl living in Brussels, my little sister died of cancer at the age of 11. I remember the utter helplessness of my parents, but also of the medical staff who looked after her with such care. Every one of us has a similar story or knows someone who has. That was European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen during a speech in the European Parliament. Her personal story is helping to shine a light on childhood cancers. One in 300 children will get cancer before they're 20 years old. Now, during this podcast, we're going to focus on three main issues in beating childhood cancer. Number one, the lack of profitability in drugs to treat these cancers. Two, the need for specialised treatments, which are developed independently, not just repurposing clinical methods used for adults. And number three, dealing with the long-term effects a child faces in later life when they've had a cancer in their early years. Shortly, we're going to be joined by Polish European Parliament Vice President Ava Kopacz, a former Prime Minister, Health Minister and herself a paediatrician. But first, allow me to provide a bit of background on where we are on childhood cancers and how it fits into the broader EU Can Beat Cancer plan. On February 23rd, 2021, members of the European Parliament who sit on the Special Committee on Beating Cancer, known as the Becker Committee, got together to discuss how we can ensure greater efforts are made to tackle childhood cancer. Cancer remains the first cause of death by disease in Europe in children older than one. More than 35,000 cases are diagnosed and the saddest statistic is that over 6,000 young patients die annually. Another of the huge problems in the European Union regarding childhood cancers is the varying survival rates due to which member state the child is being treated in. There's up to a 20% difference between some. Professor Gilles Vassal, a board member of the European Society of Pediatric Oncology, is one of the experts who spoke during the committee hearing in the European Parliament. He highlighted one of the major issues, which is differentiating between childhood and adulthood cancers. There is a need to switch from a drug-centric environment to a patient-centric regulatory environment, which means that drug development in for children with cancer should be based on the science and the patient needs rather than the adult condition. There is a need to boost innovation with focused and flexible incentive and investment in the field to translate knowledge into effective treatments. Members of the committee were also told by the experts who were invited to give presentations that there's a huge lack in research in this area of medicine, simply because it's not profitable for companies to invest in. Dr. Lydie Mehus is a managing director of the Anti-Cancer Fund and suggested there needs to be a different way of thinking about childhood cancers. 
we also have to accept that industry needs return on equity because they have to serve their stakeholders. Andrew Lowe here clearly explains that in this business model, treatment costs for new pediatric drugs will be between 10,000 and 1 million per treatment, but he calls it venture philanthropy because even in this model, there is still public money required, mainly for R&D. The question is, are there other solutions? And I think there are. And actually, Mariana Mazzucato, the well-known economist behind the cancer mission, really indicates the way. If public health is at stake, we could think of solutions with no commercial intent. Let me start with the low-hanging fruit, bringing drugs from off-label to on-label. Off-label drugs are when one type of chemotherapy, for instance, is designated for one type of cancer, but is actually used to treat another. It's used in a way which isn't specified on the label of that drug. We will talk about that a bit more later. Now, moving on to the third resounding message which came out of the expert panel in the European Parliament Special Committee. It was about the need to support children who contract cancer in their later lives. According to European research, there are nearly half a million childhood cancer survivors in Europe, with the majority experiencing adverse long-term effects with increasing incidence over their lifetimes, hindering their daily life and participation in activities in relation to that of their peers that are largely related to treatment approaches that have been used in the last decades. Professor Carmelo Rizzari is president-elect of the European Society of Paediatric Oncology, which provided that research. He says more has to be done. Survivors of childhood cancer face specific challenges, and many of them suffer severe long-term consequences. This is a quote from Ursula von der Leyen's speech. Who will take care of our kids? How will this be done? This is needed. We need to put our kids in the hands of well-known, of well-experienced doctors with their cards and the, uh, the cancer card for long-term survivors will be an advance. But this is, has to be still implemented. Our kids will become adults and they need sometimes special care and special attention. So now, as announced, the EPP Vice President of the European Parliament, Eva Kopacz, is going to join us uh, for a bit more on this discussion. She's going to speak in Polish and we're going to have interpretation. Thank you so much for joining us, Eva, and taking the time to do so. How are you doing? Uh, Thank you very much. Dobrze. I feel great. So let's start with the problem. Uh, you are yourself a paediatrician, right? So in terms of childhood cancer, not, in, not getting enough attention and being treated with altered methods for adults, what needs to be done and what can legislators like you do to change the current situation? Childhood cancer is the number one cause of death among children under the age of one and there are as many as 35,000 new cases of childhood cancer diagnosed in the EU every year. Each new case means suffering, often long-term, not only for the child but for the family. Today we are troubled by the question of what we can do, what can be improved and what, perhaps, needs to be built from scratch in pediatric oncology. 
A co być może należy I'd like us politicians and experts to focus on action and the search for good and effective solutions, be it in the area of financing treatment, research, or common guidelines related to comprehensive care and support during and after the treatment. Solutions that would benefit young patients and their families. We know that achieving clinical remission in children with cancer is about 80%. It depends, among other things, on the time when the cancer is detected and that the correct diagnosis is made as soon as possible. The current situation urges us to modernize treatments for childhood cancer and its side effects, as well as to encourage more research in this area. At present, for example, we are seeking to establish initiatives to help children with cancer founded by the EU for Health program, which will aim to ensure that children have quick and optimal access to diagnosis and treatment. Within the framework of the Cancer Survivor Smart Card, a special variant for children will be created, including long-term monitoring, including psychological monitoring. Similarly, the EU network of young cancer survivors to be created in 2021-2022 will facilitate official and unofficial contacts between children and their families. Która ma za zadanie ułatwić kontakt oficjalnie i nieoficjalnie nie tylko między dziećmi, ale też między ich rodzicami. So you all know this all from a sort of clinical standpoint. What do you think about the idea of making off-label drugs, registration drugs, doing a study to make sure that drugs are being used correctly and, and also dynamically? No cóż, z pewnością w onkologii dziecięcej Certainly, in pediatric oncology, there is a need to use drugs that are not registered. This is primarily due to the fact that every childhood cancer is a rare or ultra-rare disease. Rapid access to off-label therapies provides another opportunity for a complete cure. Jednocześnie należy stworzyć rejestr, w którym będą at the same time, registers should be created in which data on the off-label therapy is used. This is important because without such a European register, we will not be able to answer whether these off-label therapies are effective. Moreover, in the field of application of modern molecularly targeted drugs in the fight against cancer in children, scientific research of international European character should be conducted. Currently, genetic and molecular diagnostics are the posture of success of cancer therapy in children, another difference from adult oncology. So now let's turn to the profitability, uh, profitability and why companies won't invest in research. Why is this the case and how exactly can the EU's beating cancer plan change that situation? 
To jest bardzo ważny problem. This is a very important problem. For the point of view of pharmaceutical companies, the population of children with cancer is very small, which causes great difficulty in recruiting patients for registration trials and very high costs for such registrations. Perhaps an alternative in this case would be to create the possibility of non-registration treatment, even on the basis of drug donation by companies. It may even be possible to create a European Bank of Medicines for Pediatric Oncology, which would primarily involve modern, often molecular cancer treatment. This would be a second avenue of access to therapy for children, in addition to further simplification of the procedures for clinical registration trials in children in Europe. So now let's turn to the geographical differences in the EU. There's a 20% lower chance of survival in some EU countries than others. Can, can you explain these differences and, and what, what, what do we need to do to reduce them? Indeed, this disparity is still very high. If we look at the number of people dying of cancer per 100,000 inhabitants in EU country, it is clearly visible. For example, in 2018, the difference between Belgium and Hungary was almost 70 people. When you ask about the reasons, of course, the first answer that automatically comes to mind is the expenses that a given country spends on cancer treatment. For example, Belgium annually spends 260 euro per capita on oncology and Hungary 102 euro. Co bardzo ważne, dostępność do nowych leków i sposobów leczenia w poszczególnych krajach. However, this is not the only reason. There is also the availability of new drug and treatments in individual countries. For example, in Poland, 44 out of 101 drug therapies used for the most malignant cancer in the EU are not available at all. There is a huge gap between Eastern and Western Europe. A leczeniami w Europie Środkowej i Środkowo-Wschodniej. W walce z tymi zróżnicowaniami poświęcono wiele działań w ramach Europejskiego Planu Walki z Rakiem. Many activities within the framework of the European Cancer Plan are dedicated to fighting these disparities. In order to equalize access to treatment, a cancer inequalities register and cancer diagnostics and treatment for all are to be established already this year. And by 2025, a system of comprehensive cancer centers is to be set up to provide a similar standard and level of treatment to all EU citizens. The new Early Cancer Detection Program will aim to provide early health screening for breast, endometrial and colorectal cancer to 90% of eligible people in the EU. So there's renewed pressure, especially from within the EPP group. Uh, but as we've heard, the experts say there just needs to be a renewed focus as well on those children who do survive. What, how do you see that? What needs to be done? W sposób szczególny należy zwrócić uwagę na dobro małego pacjenta. 
Special consideration must be given to the well-being of young patients after a positive treatment outcome. Children who have beaten cancer have their whole lives ahead of them. I know that every effort is being made to make their lives as full as possible and that the disease does not limit it. The impact of cancer-related trauma can be much stronger on a child's mental health, which is more fragile, undergoing more intense periods of development than on an adult's psyche. Które jest wrażliwsze, jest w okresie intensywnego rozwoju, buduje swój charakter niż na psychikę osoby dorosłej. W związku z tym ważne jest, by na poziomie europejskim stworzyć in terms of the risk of further cancer development. Two, the risk of debilitating diseases as a result of chemotherapy treatment for example, cardiac problems, kidney diseases, etc. Three, how to cope with psychological problems resulting from trauma by creating a framework for the exchange of experience between patients, families, and above all between doctors and psychologists, which will allow to disseminate the most effective methods of assistance and to draw attention to emergency risks. In this case, it seems extremely important for the EU to support financially, organizationally, informatively the national psychological, psychiatric systems for children and adolescents. Many countries are still lagging behind in providing adequate psychiatric and psychological care to young people. Now we're in the middle, obviously, of a global pandemic still. Do you think there's a chance projects like the EU Can Beat Cancer Plan might get sort of lost amid the COVID-19 health crisis and the recovery therefrom? I think the European Cancer Plan is now becoming a priority. Although, of course, some of the measures to be implemented quickly are being delayed because of the pandemic situation. However, we cannot now allow Europe to worsen the outcome of people with cancer by restricting diagnosis and treatment to COVID-19. We need to integrate the risk of infection into the cancer treatment chain and start implementing the European Cancer Plan. Musimy uwzględnić ryzyko infekcji w łańcuchu leczenia onkologicznego i zacząć wprowadzać w Europie plan walki z rakiem. To jest jedyne lekarstwo. So the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has this personal story we heard at the beginning of the of the podcast. What kind of effects do you think that that can have? I think that Ursula von der Leyen's sister's cancer makes it much easier for the President of the European Commission to understand that there is a great need for intensive action for children with cancer at the level of rapid and very complex diagnosis and treatment often beyond the possibilities of registered therapies. So, 
what else do you sort of more broadly think about this? What are your feelings about what's happening here in the Parliament? When the European Parliament joined the Gold September Action last year, Lightning Its Buildings Gold, the thought that guided me in organizing the event was action and hope. Today I'm addressing my fellow parliamentarians. I would like to tell you one thing. We owe it to our younger citizens to engage and to act. Thank you so much for joining us, Eva Kopex, on our EPP Group podcast talking about beating childhood cancer. And thanks to everyone listening to this EPP Group podcast on beating childhood cancer. You can find out more about the campaign by visiting the website eppgroup.eu.